Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. This is the first service, but uh, what an exciting day to be in the house of God. Uh, how many people are here just kind of visiting and checking it out? few of us, few, it's okay, I'm not, I'm not going to condemn you, it's all right. How many of us are here because they're thinking, man, Bay Hill is going to be my campus? Okay, good to know, good to know, because we're trying to think, do we need to have another service for Easter? That's what we're trying to think. We have to decide very, very shortly. But um, I got to tell you, there is no place like Awaken Church. This place has changed my life. And so many other. Anybody else? This place has changed your life. Anybody? Give us a wave. It's an exciting place to be. If you're new here, you might notice that we respond in service. We don't just sit quietly like we did in my Baptist church growing up, um, which is okay. It's just not how we do it um, here because uh, we feel like the more you put in, the more you get out. And so, you know, we're, we're into that, that sort of a thing. But I really feel like um, uh, throughout me speaking here and being able to preach, I really want to sprinkle in a little bit of William Booth, who was the star of the Salvation Army, because I believe we are. God, God spoke to us before we bought this building and said, he said, I'm going to trust you with a legacy to carry on a legacy, but not just that legacy. You're gonna carry on that legacy, but you're also gonna create a new legacy. And uh, so we are, we are in a, a sacred ground. This is holy ground um, that had been fought for and forged for and given towards, not only by us, but also by people giving to the Salvation Army over the years. And William Booth was an absolute legend. And uh, he was relentless in his pursuit to see cities changed and regions transformed. There's, there's stories of him uh, doing tent revivals and people coming in, throwing rocks, um, pushing him over, beating him up, and him getting back up and continuing to preach the gospel and see people saved. And uh, that's the kind of church I want to be. Nobody's shutting us up. Nobody's telling us you can't worship in church or you can't meet in church. Like, we are going to fight for this city, fight for this region, fight for the people here. And uh, he said something. Um, William Booth said this. He says, while women weep as they do now, I will fight. While little children go hungry, I will fight. While men go to prison in and out, in and out, as they do now, I will fight. While there is a drunkard left, while there is a poor lost girl upon the streets, where there are remains, where there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I will fight. I will fight till the very end. I love that attitude, and that's who we are at Awaken Church. We are fighters. We are believers. Um, the Bible says this never says to stop believing. It just says only believe. Only believe. No matter what the circuit, only believe. Don't go to fear, only believe. We're, we're a believer's church. And uh, like I said, this place changed my life. I grew up in church. I grew up in a, like I said, a Baptist church. I was saved when I was six years old on my Superman sheets in my bed. 
I remember praying the prayer. That was the first time, but I prayed it multiple times, as you do uh, as a youngster. But I never really fully committed myself to God, to the church. I grew up and I played sports and ended up uh, fulfilling my dream and going to UCLA to play baseball. And unfortunately, they lost the other day in March Madness, which was depressing. But I went to UCLA, got to play baseball. Then I got to play professional baseball for a few years with the Florida Marlins organization. And my dream always was just to play professional sports. Uh, I would have taken any sport. I just knew baseball was my ticket. So I got to play for the Florida Marlins organization. And then I hurt my knee. I've had six knee surgeries on this knee. And so I had to retire at 26 and, uh, and move on. I got into real estate and did my thing. Never did I have ministry in my future view, because I never committed myself to church until I met a young lady by the name of Rebecca Heinrichs, who you saw up here, the very gorgeous and beautiful. And uh, yeah, she's yelling at me that she changed my life. She did. Sometimes us fellows just need a good woman in our life. Can anybody say amen to that? And so my wife was a lot further along in her walk than I was, and actually on our first date, we went to her Bible study. And we walked into her Bible study in Coronado, and it was kind of dark, because it was kind of out, and, and all of a sudden I hear, hey, Heine, hey, Heine. And uh, that was my nickname in high school. Don't, you're not allowed to say that anymore. <laughs> Last name's Heinrichs, now my nickname's Hammer. You can say that one. So, so I hear my name being, being called, and I end up knowing a couple of people in her Bible study. And so all of a sudden, I had never had Christian friends, because I grew up just playing sports, doing my own thing. I went to church, but never applied myself, never listened. Um, never read my Bible, never got into a youth group. I don't even know if we had a youth group. Um, it was definitely nothing like we have here at Awaken Church. And so, um, but when I met my wife, I knew what I wanted. I had just never seen it before. And so when I met her, I knew she was the one. And, uh, and so after she, we kind of got together, she said, I'm not going to marry you unless you tithe. So she was like, legit, she was legit. So I was like, 10% for you, done. So I started tithing. And um, so that's how, you know, that kind of sealed the deal for me. So uh, we got married. And as soon as we got married, actually right before we got married, we got into a premarital counseling course. And that, that, the people in that course ended up starting their own connect group. And so we got to be in a connect group with about seven other couples that were in our same season of life led by our premarital counselors. And so we had two years of like marriage counseling from the very beginning, which helped us immensely. But it helped more than that because it actually got me connected into church for the very first time. I'm passionate about connect groups because I'm passionate because it changed my life. That was the number one thing that changed my life and my Christianity was getting into a connect group, was surrounding myself with people that were like-minded that could get together and encourage each other. And in fact, the Bible says this in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as, is, as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. And so I needed people around me to encourage me to stir up good works because I didn't know what that looked like. And it was amazing that the people in my group became my best friends at our church. And it was amazing that the leaders in that group 
had gone through the exact same thing that my wife and I were facing shortly after we got into that group. We were in real estate. We lost everything in 2008, 2010, and my, my uh, uh, connect group leader had done the same things in the late 80s. So he was able to walk me through you know, dealing with attorneys and bankruptcies and foreclosures and all this kind of stuff. We had, you know, 13, 14 properties all over the United States, and I had to navigate and see how do I get out of this mess, and he was able to help me, but it would have never happened if I wasn't in a connect group. The number one thing I would say for you, especially if you're new to this church, get into a connect group. Get around people that can encourage you, that can stir you up, that can bless you, that can help you. We learn just as much from each other as we do on a Sunday from the pulpit, in my opinion. So I would say get into a connect group. And it was in that connect group where we would pray at the end of every connect group. And we would pray for things, kind of like the Book of Miracles kind of thing. We'd say, hey, who has a prayer request? And we would pray. And, uh, but the problem was, after like a couple of years, like I never saw anybody get healed. I never saw any results. I never saw any God stories. I never heard anybody come back and say, oh my gosh, we prayed last week, and guess what happened? Like that never happened. So after a while, I'm starting to think, man, what is up with this Christianity thing? And I prayed this little prayer at the end of one of our connect groups, and I said, God, if you already know what's going to happen, and you already know what we need, then why do we pray? Like, I never even see anything happen. What's the point? And thus started the journey to awaken. Thus started the journey to awaken. The title of my message this morning is just called Journey. It's just called journey. So all of a sudden, I got this, this hunger from that little prayer. God started to take me on this journey, and I started to kind of inquire a little bit more, and I kind of started to read books, and I, I remember my uncle, my uncle Keith, who lives in Fresno, um, you know, you have like your favorite uncle. That was my favorite uncle. So I called him out of nowhere. I mean, I've obviously known him all my life. He's my uncle. And, but I never actually asked him what he did for a living. So I called him and I asked him, I said, Uncle Keith, what do you actually do? He has a ministry called Kingdom Ministries in Fresno. And so he started telling me about what he does. And he basically has a deliverance ministry. Now, I'd never heard about demons or wicked spirits or any of that stuff growing up. I always thought that was just like in the movies, like the psycho movies. But uh, it's actually kind of like a real thing. And so I called him, and he started telling me all these stories about how he got into ministry. Was just He was a, a, a pastor of Fresno Pacific College, and this young lady walked into his office one day, and she started speaking to him with a man's voice. And he was like, he grew up Mennonite, which is more conservative than Baptist. And so this was not familiar territory for him. Uh, later, he says it was the Holy Spirit, but back then, he was like, he remembered just, if you say the name of Jesus, stuff happens in the Bible. So he says, in the name of Jesus, be quiet, and she stopped. And that started his journey on becoming a deliverance minister, and he said he's never had to go after clients. God just brings people to him. <laughs> and so I was like, oh my gosh, Uncle Keith, I've never heard of any of this stuff, but this is fun. Like, the other Christianity was cool, but this sounds fun. And so I invited him down to Fres from Fresno, and I invited three of my friends over, and we sat in my house in Mission Valley for four hours, and he told us story after story after story. Miracles happening, people getting healed. He told us a story of how he took all of these kids up to 
the mountains because he was a big hiker and a big climber. And he took all these kids in his youth group up to the mountains and he, and he said he saw clouds surrounding the area and they were like an hour or two away from town. So they were gonna have to camp in that area. And he was like, oh my gosh, if this storm hits, this is gonna be chaos. And he was nervous for the life of all of these kids he was given responsibility over. And so not only was he telling me stories about healings and miracles and deliverances, but he said when he was on that mountaintop, he had no other choice but to speak to the weather, just like Jesus did in the Bible. Jesus calmed the storm. He spoke to the weather, and he said that the, the clouds parted and the storm went around them at that time, and everybody was safe and everybody was okay, and he breathed a big sigh of relief because he didn't kill any of the kids that he was entrusted with. So he started just telling us all of these stories, and and I was like so intrigued with this type of Christianity. I felt like I had never heard any of this stuff before. And so I said, Uncle Keith, how do I do that? And he said, just get with a couple of your friends and start praying every week and believe in God for miracles. That was how we started our prayer meetings about 17 years ago. This Tuesday morning at Bayho, the men are gonna be here at 5.30 a.m. There'll be 200 men here praying. On Tuesday morning at Balboa, there'll be a couple of hundred women praying. And so we would love to invite you to our prayer meetings. But that's how it started. And, and, and week after week after week after week, we hear God stories of miracles because of our prayer meetings. And so I was like, this is incredible. So then I started reading all of these books. You know, the Reinhard Bonkies, the Smith Wigglesworths, the John G. Lakes, the Catherine Coleman's, all of these giants of the faith. And I'm reading about all of these miracles. I'm seeing photos of, of stadiums full of people and piles of crutches and, 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 and handicapped people uh, being healed and the dead being raised and all of these stories. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way all these people are lying. Like, somebody would have caught them by now. They're writing books about this stuff. It's today. And so I just started to inquire and read the Bible. And the Bible says this in Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And that was kind of my posture, my wife's posture, when we got to Awaken Church 17 years ago because they did things a little bit differently than what we were uh, accustomed to. I mean, people, the first service we ever went to, there was prophecy. I'd never seen prophecy before. We were hearing about miracles. We were hearing people that spoke in tongues. We were seeing people get healed of different things. We were, I saw a woman on stage for the first time. My wife didn't even believe in that 17 years ago, and then look at her now. So I had to, we had to deal with all of these things. There was a giving message every single week. We're like, What? That only happened once a month at my old church, and no one came during that month. And so we, we started hearing the word prosperity, and we're like, wait, what? You're not supposed to talk about that in church. But then we realized prosperity here is how much you give, not how much you make. Because that we're blessed to be a blessing. So we're like, wait a second, that makes sense. How are you going to build a church if people aren't blessed? And so we had to go through all of these different things, but we just started to seek the Lord and seek the heart of God with everything, and we began to learn. And then I started looking at the fruit of the people that were here. I started to see people that I really respected. Their marriages were great. Their kids were flourishing. And I'm like, wait, they're not weird. How come I've always heard that people who speak in tongues or do weird things or, you know, perhaps fall over when they get prayed for, that that's weird. And then it was like the Holy Spirit's like, well, I'm not weird. People are weird. 
I'm supernatural, I'm not super weird. <laughs> the people that you see on TV barking like dogs, that's weird. That's not me. And so we just started like exploring and, uh, and saying, you know what? I like the fruit that I see. I like the word. I like the feeling. I like the presence. Let's just go all in. And so that's kind of how we came into Awaken Church uh, eventually. But, but on the journey to get here, a couple of things happened. Once I started to learn about the power of God and learn about healings and miracles and prophetic words and words of wisdoms and the gifts of the Spirit, it was incredible because I believe, and I know now, I, I was... Um, directly attacked by the devil. So as soon as I started getting excited about the power of God, I got sick. A lot of you have heard this story, but I was driving up in North County. I was in full-time real estate, commercial real estate, and uh, we're looking at properties. I had my assistant with me. We're, we're building a database of every property in San Diego, and all of a sudden, I get a stomach ache. I get a stomach ache, I'm like, oh, this feels kind of weird. So I go to like Circle K or something, I get some Advil, take some Advil, but a half an hour later, my stomach is still hurting. And so I, 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 I tell my assistant, I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta get out of here, like I'm, I'm hurting. So I drop him off and, uh, and I go home. And that night, I'm just in, in so much pain, I, I told my wife, I'm like, hey babe, I gotta go to the hospital, like I'm in severe pain. And so we, she takes me to the hospital and, uh, and we go there and the doctors look me over and they look at me and they say, you know what, I think you're dehydrated. And so they hook me up to an IV and fill me full of fluid and send me home. And so the next day, I, actually they gave me some Motrin as well. So the next day I, I, I wake up and you know, I'm feeling sick again and this time I'm not feeling as sick as I was the day before but I'm feeling even sicker, my stomach hurts but now my back is starting to hurt. And so because my back's starting to hurt, and, and I try to, you know, power through it as we do, fellas, uh, through the day, and uh, get into the night, and, you know, my wife's asleep, and I'm, like, curled up on the ground next to my bed, because I couldn't uh, go to sleep, and, and I couldn't uh, find a comfortable place. And so I, I'm thinking to myself, do I hurt bad enough to wake up my wife? Because the women in my life don't like to be woken up, huh, Henley? And so I was hurting bad enough that I woke up my wife. I'm like, babe, I gotta go back to the emergency room. And my wife is also one of those people, very caring, very loving, except for when I'm sick. <laughs> she's not like super patient with me when I'm sick. So she's like, oh my gosh, babe. And so we get up, she takes me to the emergency room, second night in a row, get to the emergency room. The doctors look at me and they're like, oh, okay, we got it. You're dehydrated, but you're also constipated. And I was like, wow, I didn't know constipation was so painful. And, uh, and so they give me more Motrin, and they give me more fluids, and they send me home again. Well, the next day, it gets, it gets worse. So I'm in, I'm in more pain, and so I'm like, babe, I gotta go back, there's something more wrong with me. And so she's like, okay, so we go back to the emergency room, we see the same doctors, and they're just like, you can just see it in the nurse's eyes, like, oh, here's the constipated guy back again. <laughs> and so I go in there, but this time they take my blood, and they come back in to the doctor's office, to the doctor's room that I was at, and the doctor's face goes from very, very annoyed to very, very concerned. And he says, I want you to sit down. And he says, the first words out of his mouth were, do you have a will? Do you have a will? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually do have a will, but why? <laughs> we're just barely married a couple of years. And uh, he says, because your kidneys are failing, when we took your blood, we measured your creatinine levels. Normal is zero to one. You're at four and a half. 
um, and we don't know what, what is happening. We need to admit you right away. So they admit me in the hospital on a Sunday. By that Thursday, I had lost 20 pounds. And now I was constipated because I was on all kinds of drugs. <laughs> TMI, apparently. But the doctor came in and he said he was going to do my, uh, he was going to do a biopsy on my kidneys because they had no, no reason why I would be sick. They had no idea why. I was in the best shape of my life at the age of 30. Um, and, you know, they didn't know why I was sick. And so they were going to do a biopsy. And it was shortly before that where I had met Pastor Jurgen, who's our lead pastor here at Awaken Church. And I met him. And so I called my friend Matt, who introduced me to him. And I said, Matt, do you think that Pastor Jurgen would come and pray for me? Because at this point, I believed in the power of God. I just didn't know how to do it. And so I call, I'll call Matt, and he says, he, he called Pastor Jurgen. Pastor Jurgen was on a plane to Australia, so he couldn't come. But he said, there's another guy that just got into San Diego, and his name's Mark Peterson, sitting in the front row right here. And he said, he grew up in our youth ministry. He knows how to pray. And so uh, Matt called him. He fasted all day for me. I'd never met him before. And he comes into the hospital that night. My family was in the room. All of my friends were in the room. And, and hear this. My friends that I had before were praying for me, but they were praying for me with no power. They would tell me, hey, my thoughts are with you. And at that point, I'm like, I don't need somebody's thoughts. I need heaven to invade my body. And so, so he comes in and he says, hey, can I, can I pray for you? I said, yeah. And he said, I got a word for you out of Isaiah 58, that your healing shall come forth speedily. And then he started to pray and he put his hands on me and I felt electricity going through my body. My heart started beating out of my chest. You could feel, it was almost like in the upper room, a rushing mighty wind. You could feel just the weight and the heat in the room came in. Everybody in the room was crying. He started to pray for me and started to command the sickness to go and then he started to prophesy over me to the point where afterwards my mom asked me if, I knew, if he knew me and I'd never met him before. And so he starts praying for me, and, and when he was done praying, I knew something had shifted. Like, I had never felt anything like that before. I'd never seen that. I'd never experienced that. And so he said, before you get a biopsy, make sure you get your blood tested again. So the next morning when they were going to do the biopsy, they first did another blood test. By that time, my, my creatinine numbers were about five. And if you get to eight, you're on dialysis for the rest of your life. That means your kidneys have failed. And so they checked my creatinine levels the next day. They went from five to two overnight. <clears throat> the next day, they didn't do the biopsy. They said, okay, something just shifted. The next day they did a test again. It went from two to one, which is completely normal. And I was healed of kidney failure because somebody knew how to pray with power and authority. The doctors didn't know what happened. They didn't know why I got sick, and they didn't know why I got healed. But I knew why I got healed. I got healed because a man of God came in and prayed and released the power of God. And so from that day forward, that was six, almost 17 years ago, I decided I want what that guy has. And so I just began to pursue the power of God and pursue the stories and the miracles in the Bible. The worship team can come up. And I started to pursue the power of God, and I started to, to actually step out and pray for people. And I started to actually see God move. I actually started to experience the Bible, not just read the Bible. I remember my first miracle after I prayed for somebody, and it was a, a woman who had breast cancer. 
And my wife and I went and prayed for her. And I didn't even know any of the scriptures. I knew like one scripture. And I was just like, I'm pretty sure the Bible says. And we prayed for her. And we prayed for her all, all, all week until her next test, which was a week later. And she called us after her first test. And she was like, you guys aren't going to believe this. The doctors did all the tests. And they can't find an ounce of cancer in my breast anywhere. And they don't know what is happening. And so we were just on this journey. This was an exciting journey. It was like I met a whole nother side of God. And a, a whole nother side of God. And Christianity began to get exciting for me. It began to get exciting for my wife. We've seen so many miracles, so many healings, so many deliverances over the last 17 years. And, and, and I can just tell you that that's what Awakened Church is all about. We are a power of God church. You're not just going to come in here and hear information. We are not just an information house. You will hear information, but we are a powerhouse. And you can come in here and expect God to move. You can pray and expect God to, to respond. You can pray for people and get results. I never had that growing up, but I have it now. Because we serve a God that is real, he is alive, he is here, and he wants to move on your behalf and on my behalf. And then I started to read the Bible and it became so obvious to me. I was like, am I reading the same Bible? 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Acts 10.38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went out doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So I started to see all of these miracle signs and wonders throughout the Bible, and all of a sudden, I was on fire for God like I've never been on fire before. It's like once you have a testimony, no one can argue with your testimony. A testimony is when you overcome something. No one can argue with your testimony. No one can argue with me that God doesn't heal today. Too late. He already did. You can't argue with that. But what happens is, and what happened before I got to this church, is I would, I would uh, reduce God to my experience instead of believing God to raise my experience to the Bible. So, so many churches and so many people, because they've never experienced something like I just talked about, they reduce their God to their experience. At this church, we will challenge you we will encourage you to raise your experience to what the Bible says. God can do exceedingly abundantly above whatever you ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of you. Did you know God can empower you in your business? We're a church that believes that we should be successful and influential in the marketplace. Do you know why? Because most of the people that don't know God are out there. If we just keep all the fun in here, we're not going to reach a city. The same power that healed me is the same power that can come on your business, give you ideas, give you passion, hook you up with the right people at the right time in the right place to do what God is calling you to do. Most of us aren't called to be pastors. Most of us are called to be in the marketplace. What is God calling you to do? That is the most sacred and holy thing you can do, is whatever God's calling you to do.
In my case, this is what I'm called to do. This is what I love. I never knew that until a few years ago, 16 years ago, whatever. Started getting prophecies over my life. I was in real estate. I thought I was just gonna fund the kingdom. We came to this church and within the first week, we gave a check for $10,000 because we had never felt anything like this. It was the biggest check we'd ever written, ever. And I don't know what it was. It was just something about this place. So we came into this house and, and we invested our money. And we said, you know what? We wanna build this house. I wasn't a pastor. I'd never even thought about being a pastor. I just wanted other people to experience what we had experienced. So then we, we started coming and we just started serving. I first got on the parking team, which by the way, our parking team this, this morning was off the hook. Amazing, amazing. I started parking people with the cool wand and the vest and the walkie talkie. Met some great friends out there, met everybody in the church because everybody would have to walk by me when they came in. There was only like 150 people at that time. My wife, we were at Carmel Valley Middle School, so it was a junior high bathroom. So my wife lifted her hand to be the bathroom designer. I remember going to Walmart and picking out all the decorations and bins to hold all the decorations and she would decorate the, the bathrooms. And, and we get more comments. We used to get more comments about the bathrooms back in the day. People would come in like, wow, I wanna go to this church because the bathrooms are clean. There's mints in there. <laughs> And we just wanted to serve because we wanted to give back to what had already given us so much, this church, this house. Over time, I started to, then I started to like lead the parking team. And then I started to lead the assimilations team, the ushers and the greeters and the parkers. And, and then I remember Pastor Audrey Churchward said, John, I, I wanna meet you for coffee. Okay, you know, the pastor wants, one of the pastors want to meet me for coffee. I'm like, uh-oh. And we go to Starbucks up on Claremont Mesa. And she goes, I think God's calling you higher. She's like, I think you need to start leading prayer meetings. And I was like, me? I didn't go to Bible college. I don't have the experience to be a minister. Audrey, you could have gone to somebody that went to Bible college and knows Hebrew or Greek. I don't even know Spanish. But she says, no, I think you need to lead the prayer meetings. And I'm like, gosh, I don't even know if I've ever prayed out loud before. And so I said, yes. And I started leading prayer meetings. And like God showed up. It went okay. It went pretty good. And then they just kept saying, oh, I think you need to do this. I think you need to do this. And I just kept saying yes. Just kept saying yes. We kept getting prophetic words. You're going to be a minister. You're going to be a pastor. You're going to preach all over the world. Blah, blah, blah. And we were like, what? God was exposing us to a world we never even dreamed of. But he always had a dream for us. He always had a plan for us. And that same God that has the plan for us has a plan for you. Maybe the plan you thought you had didn't work out. He's got another one. He's got another one for you. He can recreate you. He can recreate your world. So you're in a good house. You're in a good house. 
you're in a good house. We've been here 17 years. We've given everything to this house. Our kids have been born in this house. I have a 10-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 15-year-old. The greatest kids on the planet. Handsome, beautiful. One of the things that uh, a couple of our leaders said, and we felt the same on Thursday night, we kind of had like a preview service. And one of the things even Pastor Jenny said is it just felt like family. It just felt like home. And that's really what we want. We want you to come into this house and it feel like home, feel like family. It feel like you have people fighting for you, not against you, exhorting you and encouraging you, not trying to pull you down. One of the things my wife said early on was, man, the, the women here are different. They actually are for you succeeding, not catfighting. That's the kind of church that we have. Our senior leaders are the most encouraging people you'll ever meet in your whole life. The most generous people you ever meet in your whole life. So I didn't get to a lot of my message this morning, but I just wanted to kind of share my journey, our journey with you, trying to get to know us a little bit of who we are. But why don't we just stand to our feet as we come to a close. Why don't you just close your eyes? The one thing that changes everything is inviting Jesus into your life, inviting him to be your Lord and your savior. And in a room this size, there might be some people here that have never done that. Maybe you've never said, Jesus, be my Lord, be my savior, I wanna follow you. Maybe you've ne never surrendered your whole life to him. Or maybe you're here and one time you did, but you kind of took your life back. You know, things got crazy during 2020 and you kind of walked away from God, but you're here today and you're saying, you know what, God? Can you do that recreation thing for me? Can you give me a fresh start, a new beginning? If you're one of those two people with every eye closed, can you just lift your hand where you are so I can pray for you this morning? God bless you, thank you. Is there anybody else? Thank you over there, thank you up here, thank you, sir. God bless you in the middle there. Thank you over here to my left. Thank you over here to my left. Thank you. God bless you. The greatest thing we can do is go all in for him. He will never let, the, let us down, ever, ever. Is there anybody else? Today, we need a fresh start. With every eye closed, I just want to pray this prayer, and I'd love everybody in the building to repeat after me, especially those of you that lifted your hand, and just say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, today, I invite you into my life, and I surrender all, and I ask that you would help me live a life that glorifies you. Today I declare that I am saved, that heaven is my home, and God is my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, 
information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.